My name's Terry. Welcome to the Oddscast. Welcome to the Oddscast. Anything more? Welcome to the Oddscast. And welcome to episode 23 of the Oddscast podcast. I'm Dominic DeLeo alongside Joe Lara, Terry Takes, producer Corey in our luxurious Hudson County studios. How are you guys doing today? Not too bad. How are you? I Doing did. good. Oh, who's that? Is that not for me? No, it was for both of you. Oh, okay. He asked me more specifically. I feel like so. I've been here before. Deja vu. Oh, fuck. I'm looking at the outline today. It says, be better. So we're going to be better tonight. Uh, we are going to have more of a one-hour podcast. We've been listening to the uh, the reviews, the uh, the critical reviews of our podcast, and we hear you, and we're going to cut this down to around an hour, so it's you know good for plugging into your gym routines, it's good to plug into your morning commute, but we're going to be uh, a little bit more direct with it. Yeah. If you want to get more insight, you know, obviously, check out our Instagram, our, our Twitter. We have daily picks on there, but we're going to handle today um, for this weekend. You know, Obviously, we had the XFL debuting last weekend. Uh, this weekend, we have the NBA All-Star Weekend, which you know has some uh, opportunities with the All-Star, con- the All-Star Game, the Skills Contest, Three-Point Contest, Dunk Contest, um, new format in the All-Star Game. We're going to talk about the Daytona 500 a little bit, which is the biggest horse race in the world a lot of horse in terms power. of horsepower. <laughs> See what you did there. So uh, as a, you know, I was a young if kid. The car, gr- if the car breaks down on the track, do they shoot it? <laughs> Send it straight <laughs> to the glue factory. Yeah. Um, you know, I, growing up, was a huge NASCAR guy. So uh, I have some insight on the NASCAR thing. You know, although the NFL is gone, we still have daily, weekly events going on. Obviously, the Oscars was last weekend. If you didn't listen, we were on Parasite the whole entire time. That's great. Parasite plus 300 hit, win, best picture, Bong Joon-ho. Obviously, well-deserved. My great family's movie. very proud. Joe Delera, oh, also Korean, like Bong Joon-ho. Great honor. How do you feel? Family. I know. Great honor. How Thank do you, you feel? How do you feel as a Korean-American seeing a South Korean film that was only in subtitles win the best picture and how do you feel knowing that you told the listeners to bet it and hopefully they cashed in so you know what really makes this great is that i still haven't watched it (laughs) (laughs) but but i am ready to watch it i've been waiting to watch it now with my mother because my mom speaks korean understands it uh so you know subtitles yeah i know but like i feel like she'll be able to enjoy it more because it's like an actual korean movie fuck fucking awesome movie so uh i'm pretty excited about it um but i think it's nice that we hit it and i also think that uh uh, it's great for the Koreans, you know, of the world. Um, it's nice. <laughs> the Koreans all- of the world. K K O W. All Koreans are just only only. The, well, I don't think they got this movie uh, north of the border, so you know, oh. tough Canada, <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so. You know, obviously, even though NFL is not around, we still have a lot of picks going on. I saw that uh, the New Jersey market for Oscars betting, actually, the handle was pretty big. They, yeah. they took in a couple hundred thousand dollars and they made a couple hundred thousand dollars on, Osc- on, on Oscars betting. Um, yeah. Only DraftKings had it, which was weird because, it's you know, only- if, you, if you go to offshore books, you can bet Oscars. 
um, pretty freely, but only DraftKings had the right. I don't know if they only had the rights to it, but it wasn't think, available on FanDuel, wasn't available on Will Hill, wasn't available on points bet. Yeah. Only DraftKings. I'm not sure what the deal was because FanDuel, I think they posted odds in Indiana. Mm-hmm. So just not in New Jersey. So I don't know what the deal was. Um, maybe it's just the way our like law is constructed or something. But um, interesting. Either way, it was nice that uh, we hit a couple bets there. And uh, I continually look up the difference between sound editing and sound mixing. And I'm going to do it again next year. So stick with us. Same answer, so. Stick with us. Let's turn to the NBA. Um, we're going to do a couple quick hitters on sports here. But since Joe, our resident NBA enthusiast, our resident NBA uh, unit winner, we will talk a little bit about the NBA trade deadline. Uh, what are you looking for in terms of the betting odds? What are you looking at in terms of futures markets? Uh, talk to us a little bit about the trade deadline in the NBA. So I think out of really all the top teams in the league, no one really got substantially better. Um, the Clippers made the move to get uh, Marcus Morris from the Knicks. Um, good trade, I think, for the Knicks. Uh, but I think that overall, nobody got particularly better at the top. The things that were interesting is I don't really understand. The Andre Drummond trade was weird, uh, but it looks like he's going to be getting the minutes uh, mm-hmm. in Cleveland. It looks like they want to see if he will stay. So that's interesting. The biggest trade in all actuality is D'Angelo Russell to the Timberwolves. Um, you're a Timberwolves, Dom. Uh, they got Cat, and now they got D'Lo. Uh, and only other guy they're missing now from that combo is Devin Booker. But um, I think that you're going to be looking at a very, very high-scoring squad uh, there. I mean, D'Angelo Russell doesn't play defense. Carl Anthony Towns plays, like, questionable defense. Um, so I, I think that they're actually a good team to employ your strategy on. Uh, Dom in terms of team overs because I think they're going to put up a lot of points but yeah. they're not like they're not cohesive they're not really there yet is Cat happy now I think Cat is happy uh, D'Lo might be the Cat's meow he was a he was a sad little bo- sad big boy for a while yeah he was pretty upset um, but I think he there the fans are very happy to have D'Angelo Russell there that seemed to be where D'Lo wanted to go and uh, Towns obviously wanted him there too. So uh, very interesting uh, set of circumstances. And uh, I think that, you know, we're looking at like the, the, really the top teams. The futures market did not move too much. Um, the only team that really swung a lot was the Miami Heat. Yeah, what about them getting Andre? I think it's a nice pickup. I don't think he's going to be as good as people. Like, I don't think the impact that he's going to have is that big necessarily on the court, but I think that his leadership ability is going to be uh, pretty huge, though, for them. So I think it's a nice, uh, nice pickup between as him and like, Jay Crowder. As a storyline better, uh, one of my best friends is a big LeBron fan. Yes. Um, he saw the tragic Kobe Bryant helicopter death story. Yeah. Um, and he is convinced that LeBron James and the city of Los Angeles is going to rally around this tragedy and win the NBA finals. They're at three to one right now. He lives in New York. He's saying when he comes back to New Jersey, he's going to hammer the Lakers. You have told us to bet the Lakers and an, a, really absurd amount of times this year <laughs> and sometimes yeah. it works out sometimes it doesn't work out oh when does it work Many times. <laughs> I've missed pretty that. often 40 um, times this year so in terms 12 <laughs> in terms of the futures market yeah 
Um, if you look at the futures market right now, the Bucks are the favorite to win, probably just in terms of a lessened Eastern Conference. Um, even though some people think the Eastern think, Conference is better. I think the East is better, to be honest, right now. Um, but go ahead. But the Bucks plus 275, Lakers 3-1, to one, Clippers around 3-1. to one, so, You know, they're, they're creeping up to plus 320. And then, uh, you know, you have those three teams at 3-1 to one or under. And then you have the Sixers 14-1, to one, Rockets 16-1, to one, Jazz 18-1, Celtics, Nuggets, Heat, yeah. Raptors 20-1. to one. Um are you looking at any of these teams for value? Are you taking any of these teams um, with what you know after the trade deadline in terms of these teams are, you know, this is the roster going yeah. forward. How are you looking at these teams? Do you recommend any of these NBA futures? So I, I like, I I've taken the ra- I've taken the bucks and I've taken the Lakers prior to their current numbers, I don't find a ton of value on their current numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that that number is really going to move either unless somebody gets hurt. Uh, so I think the Lakers are kind of, they're going to be set at this number until the playoffs start. Same with the Clippers, same with the Bucks, unless mm-hmm. somebody gets hurt. Um, so but I don't really think that it's worth tying up your money on like a bet that's like plus 300 for until June, mm-hmm. basically. Uh, like you don't think it's going to get any less. I don't think it's going to go down. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I think you're fine holding off on these bets. Mm-hmm. Uh, the team that I, there's one team that like really fucks me up and it's the rock. Oh. It's the rockets. So the, cause the rockets got in on the trade deadline. They traded Clint Capella. They got Covington and they're just committed to the small ball lineup. Mm-hmm. And they are the highest variability team I've ever seen because all they do is shoot threes. So I think that they're a team to look at for the playoffs. I don't, I, I don't want to say put in a future right now, but I want to say keep an eye on them uh, for like in each round of the playoffs yeah. based on the matchup. Um, if you're looking at the Eastern Conference, the Raptors are really fucking good. They're, at a, they're winning games at a higher pace than they did last year, and they don't have Kawhi Leonard. It's incredible. They've gone through stretches where they don't have Gasol, Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, Kyle Lowry, and they just keep winning games. It's kind of incredible, and I think that they're maybe a team that has some value in the East because they just don't give a shit and they're going to go up against anybody uh, and think that they can win. And then if you're looking in the West, I think you might want to roll the dice on a little bit of a value bet at Fat Jokic and the Nuggets at like plus 1,600 mm-hmm. because they do have all the pieces. And then it is, it is hard to play in Denver that many games when you're not used to it. Yeah, I mean... Fat Joe. Uh, Fat Joe. <laughs> I'm looking at this futures market in the NBA, and I see the... You can see it in the future? <laughs> at the markets, yes. I, I, I could see the Bucks. I, I mean, you know, obviously there's three teams, right, that are heavily favored. Yeah. The Lakers and the Clippers, both three to one. It seems to me like that's the Western Conference Finals. Most, I would say most likely. Uh, it's possible, depending on the mat, the way the matchups work, mm-hmm. that I think the Clippers are more likely to get bounced than the Lakers, but mm-hmm. that's just my thought. And I mean, obviously, you know, I, I've talked to you about this before with Kobe and Lakers and, and L.A. kind of rallying around the Lakers. If it's Lakers Clippers in a Western Conference Finals, like Lakers every time, Lakers are going to have seven home games. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But what I'm more interested in your take on, and you talked a little bit about the Raptors, 
the Bucks are the only team that's less than three to one in the East. So yeah. that leaves an Eastern Conference Finals between the Bucks, who are heavy favorites, and let's say the Sixers, the Celtics, the Nug, uh, the the Raptors, the Heat, all over fourteen to one. Yeah, I, I mean, is there is there a team that you know in terms of like high ceiling? Obviously, the Seventy Sixers have Embiid, they have Simmons. Like, can you see a playoffs where you know Giannis has never made an NBA Finals? Who? Giannis. 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 <laughs> um, has never made an NBA Finals. Can you see a team like the Sixers who have that elite talent kind of turning it on or like the Celtics who have the coach and Stevens have a bunch of young players? You know, is it more value? Is, is there better value to take a team in the Eastern Conference? Hope the Celtic. Uh, hope the hope the Bucks kind of have this collapse because maybe they're not ready to yeah, you know win yeah. in the playoffs and have it be a more open team is, is there more value in taking an eastern conference team being that there's three teams that are heavily favored and one of them is only in the eastern conference i mean like kind of i think the problem is the Bu- the bucks are one of the better teams that we've seen uh so far like in a regular season i mean right now they have the third best winning percentage in nba history for a season uh granted while we're recording they're getting their brains beat in by the Pacers, uh, who is a team that I do happen to like. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that they have a very high ceiling in the fact that they have multiple guys that can play at an all-star level, uh, namely, you know, Oladipo, Sabonis, Miles Turner's no slouch, and Malcolm Brogdon. Mm-hmm. So no they're slouch. <laughs> so what they, a phrase. they I think they have potential. Um but it's gonna a lot of it's gonna depend on Oladipo's recovery. The next team is obviously the 76ers. But the problem with the Sixers is I, I, at least the way that I see it is they don't they they did not improve their team at the break. Uh, they didn't get they didn't really get shooters. They did not that was like a major hole that they had from losing JJ Redick in the offseason. Um, and I think that that's something that's gonna affect them in the playoffs, especially for the fact that they don't win games away from Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. I've never seen something like where it's so stark, the difference between their home records and their away records. Well, if you look at last year, this, the Sixers were a rim bounce away yeah. from taking a game into overtime. It's just a bad rim job. <laughs> so if you take <laughs> that this year, the team really hasn't changed. Yeah, I well, that's the thing. Like, I think that they got. I do, I do think they actually got. I think they got worse because it's it's hard. The past three seasons, the Sixers have basically gone through different iterations of their team, and right now you're looking at a squad that just doesn't seem to have meshed together right. And mm-hmm. it's it's tough because we've seen it. It almost is like one of Simmons or Embiid has to control the game, and then that game has to be played to that person's advantage, like, like uh, game flow or game plan, like whatever suits that guy the most that particular day. So I don't know. Like, I just don't see, I could see the Sixers getting like upset in the first round because I don't think they're going to have home field or home court right now. And there's a, they're the, they're the sixth seed uh, the, actually the way that the standings are fifth seed, so, fifth seed now. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to like buy into them. But they're dangerous because of 
the elite talent that they have and like the upper level talent. It's not just a bunch of all stars. You have some like elite talent uh, and some of the best talent in the NBA. Speaking of all stars, let's go to this weekend where the NBA all star weekend is happening. Yeah, obviously a lot of betting opportunities in terms of the all star game, betting MVPs, the uh, rising stars game, betting MVPs and that. Skills contest, three-point contest, dunk contest. What are you looking at in terms of this weekend? So going to explain one thing. Um, if you're looking for your book to post odds about the dunk contest, unless you have like an offshore book, you're not going to get lines. Um, and it has to do what? with... Yeah. Are you upset? Yeah. I wanted to bet on Pat Connington. So you might have to break Pat up... Pat Connington's in the dunk contest? White Thunder. You might have to, you might have to open up that five times. Um, but the reason is because of that uh integrity policy uh it's some it's kind of interesting because like they had the gatorade props on even though that wasn't necessarily uh people that uh, like what you would think of that would abide by the integrity rules or whatever Mm -hmm. but because the people that judge the dunk contest are like celebrities and former players they're not going to give you odds on the on the dunk contest um, so you're not going to be able to bet that. They give too many tens anyway. Yeah, exactly. Like it's totally arbitrary, um, and it could realistically, I guess, be fixed um, based on whatever narrative maybe the NBA wants to promote. Um, NBA is fixed anyway. <laughs> what is fixed? I saw that 2001 Kings versus Lakers game, game seven. Tim Donaghy. Tim, Tim Donaghy. Oh boy. So, uh, you know, would you guys want to talk about the skills challenge first? I want you to tell me who's going to win so I can cash in on some of these uh, all-star game. All right. It's not I – don't, I don't see dunk contest on five times. Like three-point yeah. contests, Joe Harris, Dane Lillard, Duncan Robinson, Trey Young. Right. Pretty much everybody's so I, five to one except for Buddy Heald, Devontae Graham, Zach Levine. Yeah. So I like uh, – if I have to pick one, I like Duncan Robinson uh, the most. Um, what I looked at – He's, or do you know who he is, uh, Terry? Duncan Robinson? Yeah, he went yeah. to Michigan. He's on the heat. Get over it. Boom. But, like, you can bet on fucking snooker, fucking billiards, but you can't bet on the dunk contest <laughs> on five dimes. That's where they draw the line. I don't want, I don't want Ben Wollaston plus two and a half, plus 255 over Sean Murphy. Don't trust a Sean that spells his name S-H-A-U-N. That's Awful weird. way to yeah. spell it. Weird. Yes, uh, I know who Duncan Robinson is. All right, well, good. I'm glad that you do. And he's white. I like him. Uh, so I think that one of the one thing that I looked at uh, besides three pointers attempted, three pointers made, and three point percentage um, is catch and shoot threes because I think that that's the most similar thing to play to the three point contest. And if you look at catch and shoot threes, Duncan Robinson makes the second most in the league and he attempts the third most in the league. Um, so I, I like that, but he also hits. So him and Bertans are at the top of this. Uh, I think Bertans is also in the three point contest, but I like Duncan Robinson because he shoot, he hits those catch and shoot threes at a 44.3% clip, uh, which is very high. Um, and I, he's actually ranks higher than Joe Harris by like a full four percentage points in this category. I like him. I think that he's, not exactly an underdog, um, but I think that his style of play and the way he shoots three-pointers is very conducive to success in this type of contest. Um, on, on February 12th, I can bet on Joey Chestnut <laughs> to win the Nathan's Hot Dog Eating Contest at minus 900 on five dimes. 
but I can't bet the dunk contest. <laughs> yeah, so that's uh, that's tough. But I like I like uh, I like Duncan Robinson in the three point contest. I think that that's uh, a value pick. I don't I don't like Damian Lillard. I love Dame, but I don't like him in this particular contest he would win if he could just shoot from the logo yeah like he would win if he could shoot from the logo or like taking like j- uh, off off the dribble um he's insane off the dribble or shooting on one leg or whatever but i like guys that are gonna do uh catch and shoot threes for this and duncan robinson i think is the best of them what about the rest of the weekend we so have the rising stars we have the actual all-star game are you looking at any props are you looking at any mvp bets yeah so for the skills challenge um i for the skills challenge i don't really have a particular like feeling about it but i think if you're gonna bet anybody maybe bet bam out of bio at plus 1200 he's the biggest dog here and uh we've seen big men win this contest it's and he's very good uh, I think it's a good opportunity for him. I think he's gonna be excited. Uh, so I, I like that. I think he's a good pick at twelve plus twelve hundred. I don't think that there's really a ton of value betting anybody else. I can bet if the twenty twenty national script spelling spelling bee <laughs> champion wears glasses minus two ten right now, but I can't bet. I'm Pat Connington to win the NBA dunk contest. (laughs) Next thing is there's the rising stars challenge. Um, Generally the, I think they still do it like like rookies, sophomores or whatever. But I think uh, regardless, I'm not betting on the winner of that game. Uh, I think that there's value on the MVP of that game. So they've given out odds for the rising stars challenge, according to points bet. Um, and the favorites are Trey Young plus 350, Zion plus 350, Luca plus four, Ja plus five, um, so on and so forth. I think that you throw out Trey Young and Luca Doncic and even Zion. Um, Trey and Luca both in the All Star game. I don't think they're. I think they're going to get their minutes kind of cut so that they can play more minutes in the All Star game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zion, I think, is they're going to tell. Like the Pelicans are going to tell the coach, like you're not playing him more than maybe like ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, just give get him some opportunity there. That's all he needs to score like thirty points. That's true. But the guy I like the most is Devonte Graham, uh, guard from the Charlotte Hornets, and he can fucking shoot. And if he gets an opportunity to get hot, I could see him putting in like six, seven threes, taking home MVP. Quick, quick clarification: mm-hmm. Did you say he can? fucking shoot he could fucking shoot. or he could fuck and shoot well he could probably do both <laughs> okay i won't discriminate so like that and then uh if you're looking at the all-star game new format uh how do you feel about the new format i don't know what the new format is so oh, we'll be prepared dude all right so the new format is each quarter is its own like mini game essentially um and the final scores of the first second and third quarters are all added together um, so let's say Team LeBron has 100 points. Team Giannis has 95 points after the first three quarters. Uh, the fourth quarter is untimed. And bless you. Thank the you. fourth quarter is untimed. And the final score is going to be whoever, whatever team gets to 24 points higher than whatever the current highest score is. So in this instance, it would be whatever team gets to 124 points first. Uh, the spread is uh, team LeBron minus four and a half right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really have a huge feel for that. 
I'd rather just probably bet the money line. Um, but I, I don't really have a huge feel on that. But if you're looking for an MVP, you usually want to pick a starter, and it's usually going to be like the guy that scores the most points on the winning team, and it's probably going to be somebody that's a ball handler. Ball. Uh, <laughs> ball. Yeah, ball handler. Word. Just so, waiting for Dom to stop sneezing. I mean, <laughs> I think you could see a scenario where... Uh, He's not you. done. Still not done. I don't know. Any time now. <laughs> I'm allergic to something. I like... I, I Joe's still bullshit? Like, I, still like, yeah. I still like LeBron in this. I mean, that's not like all that surprising from coming from me, but he does seem to facilitate the ball. Uh, he's moving... Like he's gonna get other people involved. He's gonna get players involved. Jesus Christ! And I like I like LeBron to have an opportunity to win this because um, not only is he gonna get the assists and the rebounds, but I think he's also gonna put up some points here. You kept saying ball. Do you know that a professor from Ball State created that type of ending? Do you know what it's called to a no, game? Tell me. It's called an Elam ending. Elam ending. Yeah. What is it? How do you feel about it? I, I like it. It's going to be competitive to the end. Yeah, I, I do think it's interesting. I like it a lot. Do you know where Ball State is? I couldn't tell Indiana. you. Indiana. Yeah. I don't know. All right, so we talked about the NBA a little bit. All-star game. We talked. You sneezing. <laughs> yeah. um, let's talk about the XFL a little bit. Give me your take on the XFL's opening weekend. Did you watch? What did you think about the product? I really wish we didn't pick the Vipers for our, <laughs> our pod team right now. Have some but, fucking uh, faith. Man. I think we'll get back on it. Uh, what do you think about the rules? Like, I feel like I didn't see the new rules being utilized enough. Um, I liked it. I liked the kickoff a lot. I was yeah. on a bachelor party, so I didn't, I watched Saturday a little bit at the bar and then Sunday while I was home hung over kind of remember some of the games. Um, but the kickoff was cool. I would like, I think the NFL should adopt that cause you actually got to see some kickoffs and it takes a lot of yeah. the, uh, safety issues. I agree. Uh, yeah. It's, out of it. I liked oh. it. I thought the kickoff was good. Everyone went for two points. I didn't really see too many three pointers being. I being saw a lot of. One, I saw too many one points. Uh, I didn't see too many ones. I think. Well, the first game was all ones, uh, which was bizarre. And then I think the th- well the the fourth game there really wasn't a lot of scoring. Yeah, I mean that's. Um, I think the best thing was the the transparency in the replays. I feel like everyone said that, but it was cool and they did it very quickly. I and like I that. never knew that they used Xbox controllers when they Oh, I didn't know when that. they used the uh the camera angles. I thought the interesting thing was it by doing what they did and keeping like adding the transparency to the uh the challenges and the reviews, it kept me more engaged in what was going on. Like it wasn't just dead time where it's like, what is going on? Why am I watching a commercial? Yeah. No, I, w- I kind of, I missed the old XFL uh, where they just, they did the scrum just, for the ball. Yeah. And it was just like NFL blitz, but there's no targeting. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's definitely games weren't, it wasn't, they weren't that exciting. There wasn't as much. It's kind of like the AAF where all the totals were in the fifties and, I think three out of three out of the four went three under. Now, if you look at the totals, now they're all in the the forties. There's one that's fifty. That's the Houston uh, game. Yeah, but I mean, I don't think it hurts to keep going under because I mean, it's the coaches are rusty, the players are rusty. Yeah. It all depends who your quarterback is. Yeah, uh, ours is Aaron Murray, and he sucked. <laughs> the other guy was great though. <laughs> Yeah, teams don't really uh, seem to be too keen on going for three-point conversions, no. yeah. two-point conversions. Like, I watched the last game, uh, and there was a point where um, 
whatever team it was who the what was it the Battle Hawks or whatever Battle Hawks the, St. Louis Battle Hawks the Battle Hawks they went up by three they scored a touchdown and they were up by three and they went for one point and I didn't really understand it when they could go for three and go up a full six um, just. Like I guess that their thought the thought process was try to get the easiest points that way a field goal couldn't tie it but I don't know it just seemed like an odd move there to me like just kind of do a little bit of math but I think I think it'll be interesting I don't think though that I think the one thing that we did see is that your traditional spreads matter less and like your and the, and like it is harder to get these extra points um, because there is no like essential automatic or mm-hmm. so to speak with the with the field goal extra point. Yeah. I mean, and the fu- kickers aren't as good futures market. Obviously we back the Vipers. They're still plus six fifty. Yeah, we better odds now and better odds. DC defenders down a three to one. They're now the favorite. Yep, yeah. Their odds got cut in half. Yeah. Um, Should have put more on them. I know guardians four to one Roughnecks four point plus four seventy five renegades plus six fifty along with the Vipers. Um, looking at the games quickly this week, um, Vipers still favored, on the road, minus three. Have not played a home game yet. They haven't. Um, League hates them. Definitely Vince matters. McMahon hates yeah. them. They want them off they to, to go all over to start. Seattle <laughs> against the Dragons. Dragons Drag- are not good. Yeah, but I Mark Tressman is so uninspiring. Did you watch his pregame speech? Oh, just like, was like, oh yeah, speech. hey guys, let's go show them who we are and try our best. Uh, I'm Mark Tressman. Uh, go Vipers. <laughs> Well, let, me, let me run through a fucking wall. That's exactly what happened, too. Saturday games, Guardians at the Defenders. Defenders minus six and a half. Vipers, as I said, minus three. Going to be a lot of defense in that game. A lot of protect. Um, any any Saturday games you want to bet? Uh, I would, no. I would maybe take the Vipers because of Dragons. I don't. I, I don't bet on the Vipers game. already. So. Uh, Sunday games, Renegades minus four against the Wildcats. Give me the Roughnecks sh- minus eight against the Battlehawks Sunday games. Wildcats just fired their defensive coordinator. Maybe the change. Maybe the change fires them up. I, I take uh, the Wildcats eight? on the road. I mean at home or plus three and a half at home. Kind of like four. That. I got four Ooh. on Will Hill. Ooh, so Wildcats, Wildcats, Vipers. Depends if Flanger Jones plays for Dallas. That's that's, true. that's our XFL preview. Uh, we'll post some games on the uh, if we actually. Uh, like some games, we'll post it on the socials. But that's our first half of the show. When we come back, we'll talk Daytona 500, college basketball futures, and we'll do some uh, of our beloved segments, episode 23, at the end of the break. Dino, take them out of here. Book them. And we are back. Second half of episode 23, Oddscast podcast. We had the Oscars last weekend. This weekend, we had the NBA All-Star Game, which we have already talked about. But we also have the biggest horse race of them all, the Daytona 500, the Super Bowl of NASCAR. Wow. Wow. I'm excited. Isn't it weird to start the season with the Super Bowl? It is, but that's the way NASCAR has done things. If you don't know a lot about NASCAR... Daytona is a restrictor plate track, which means that the cars can't go over like 200 miles an hour. It does not change the fact that they're going to crash. Um, what happens is, is a lot of pack racing because teams are um, dependent on the draft. So that means two cars going behind each other. If you've seen Talladega Nights, you may have seen the slingshot. 
um, engage scene that is very similar to what happens in, in these big speedway tracks. So Daytona is a two mile, uh, racetrack, big speedway, which is basically like, you're not letting off the gas the entire time around the track. So you, your turns sounds exhausting. The big, the bigger tracks, there's a lot of bank in the turns. So you really don't have to let off the gas. What you're trying to do is stay out in front. Your teams are linking up to try and stay out of the big wreck because there usually is a big wreck, especially in the Daytona 500 where people are jogging for position because it's the biggest race of the year. But there's two um, big restrictor plate super speedways, Daytona and Talladega. So team, some teams, certain teams are better at the um, bigger races than others um, because, you know, they're, they're, everything is so based on the aerodynamics, the, um, preparation of the car like everything has to be perfect because the margin of error is so different it's so small um so the the daytona track is like i said you need to have a guy who is um if you're picking a a driver for the daytona 500 and right now if you're listening to this podcast on thursday they have they did a qualifying which is basically only the two top guys who qualified get their spots and then the there are two 125 mile an hour races which figures out the starting position for the daytona 500 yeah so like i know stenhouse is in the pole position yes so there do you find that does that give him a big advantage i mean no. i don't yeah because it's hard no. to maintain the lead the whole time right what what happens in the odds is that you're better off picking a winner before the gatorade 125s yeah because um as guys finish better in those qualifying races their odds will get less and less like let's say if they're starting in the top 10 sure let's say like a joey logano or a kyle bush like some of these superstars who are getting ten, bets who, anyway yeah. yes who are 10 to 1 now it's better to take them now before they get a top five finish in the qualifying go up to like six to one five to one um before the race like Got it. The, even it's, and even if they have a poor showing in the qualifying their teams have shown that they're good enough kyle bush is the defending champion in nascar like denny hamlin is the defending daytona 500 winner like these guys will be in the top 20 it's just a matter of luck can they stay out of the big wreck because there's going to be a big wreck um At least one, yeah. and can they just stay out in front? So the intimidator so it's better to stay out in front it's better to bet a team uh, better to bet a driver before the qualifying happens um and that's kind of my take on the daytona 500 betting so if you're listening to this today on thursday the races are tonight to figure out the qualifying bet it tonight bet it today get on a a driver beforehand you can bet some props like you know winner is going to be a ford driver chevy driver stuff like that um there was an action article that said that the ford drivers have the better um odds in yeah. terms of like actual projected finish and their ability to actually win the race like if there's some value there they've kind so, of moved, they've moved the odds though uh mm-hmm. since then because it went at the time of that the writing of that article uh chevy and ford were both plus 120 145 and toyota was plus like two and a quarter mm-hmm. i think and now uh Ford is plus 135, Chevy's plus 175, and Toyota's still at like plus 225, plus yeah, 250. Bit American, man. So, well, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I mean, this isn't the Oscars. So, there, there's not a lot of difference between like the um, actual performance of the cars between the manufacturers. What it 
depends on like why the odds are the way they are. It's because there's so many Ford drivers, there's so many Chevy drivers, there's not a lot of Toyota drivers. Exactly. So you're basically like picking more horses in the race by betting Ford or Chevy yeah. than you are betting Toyota. Yeah. With that being said, I do want to give out my pick for the Daytona 500. Okay. Um, so like I said, you're looking for teams and there are teams in NASCAR. If you're not familiar with NASCAR, there are teams that build cars together. Uh, you know, famously Joe Gibbs, Richard Hendricks. Those are the big car. Like if you remember Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, those were Hendricks drivers. Uh, Tony Stewart was a Joe Gibbs driver. Um, so there's owners of these teams that have three or four cars and it's better in pack racing like Daytona, like a Taldega, because they have a ability to team up and draft with each other. Yes. So sounds like hunting. shot. Oh. So if you look like at the early two thousands, when it was Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt Jr. and Michael Waltrip, like there was Michael Waltrip who may not have been the premier driver in the team, um, of Richard Childress, but he was able to get ahead and be kind of promoted and pushed forward by the Earnhardts in terms of the drafting. So what I'm looking at here is a, a team situation where you're looking at a successful team and that team is team Penske. Just looking at them. Richard. So you're Roger, Roger Penske. Uh, Richard. So you're looking at a three car team. Joey Logano, who is a top three driver in Very NASCAR, good. maybe top one, depending on you know when they're in banks. Joe. <laughs> very good. Joey Logano, very good. <laughs> he is very good. Joe's not like, yeah. Michael Jordan, very good. Brad, Brad Keselowski, <laughs> um, who is also a... Very punchable face. <laughs> not bad. <laughs> um, won the series in 2012. Um you know, won the Brickyard 400 in, you know, he's, he's a race winner. Mm-hmm. But what I'm looking at, similar to the Michael Waltrips of the world who won two Daytona 500s, even though he wasn't the best driver in his team, I am looking at Ryan Blaney, Ooh. who drives the number 12 Ford Mustang for Team Penske. So he is buttressed by Brad Keselowski, but. By, by Joey Logano. He is 16 to 1 to win the Daytona 500 and we're going to hit that before the qualifying. So if he comes in with the top five finish in the qualifying, he's in the top 10 starting that may go down to like 12 to one, 10 to one. Okay. So we're going to hop on it before at 16 to one. Why I like Ryan Blaney is that obviously he has the team behind him. He has the Keselowski Logano team. But he's had success on the super on the super speedways. So Daytona 500 two years ago finished seventh. But more importantly, the last super speedway race in the NASCAR circuit last year was the 2019 500 at Talladega. Which That's is, a lot of wattage, Dom. Which is similar yeah. to Daytona. He won that race. Okay. So he has the ability to the pedigree. win the pedigree. To win a super speedway race, I'm saying take Ryan Blaney at 16 to one. Exciting horse race. Pray that he doesn't come in and uh, wreck in the big one, which there always is a big wreck. Always big wreck. But I'm saying Ryan Blaney at 16 to one, and probably put in a couple props um, that I'll put on the socials. But Ryan Blaney is our driver. I like Daytona that. 500. I like that. I'm gonna trust Tom. Um, I've been to a race with him before. 
We did go. We did. We went to Poconos. Yeah. We went to the Poconos. Wow. Good yeah. stuff. Impaled myself is on there, a fence. Hell of a day. Are there any like bombs that you think have Whoa. some? What? Go ahead. Are there any <laughs> bombs that you think have some value? Because Hello, it FBI. is like a crazy race. People do win on some like insane odds. Mm-hmm. Um, because of the way the wrecks happen, is there anyone that you think like maybe over like? 30 or 40 to one to win. Yeah. I mean, like you got to have a team around you. Like very rarely does a team that doesn't have a lot of money that isn't very popular or, uh, results oriented. Like they're not going to um, win. this. Are we talking ball. politics or NASCAR? NASCAR. <laughs> Nailed it. Um, but I'm looking at, you know, some of these books have like top three or top tens, like some of the guys over 30 to one that I could see um, having a top 10 or a top three finish like Ryan Newman. This is his last year uh, plus 210 top 10. He's th- uh, 35 to one Austin Dillon, who's shown that he can handle the super speedways. He's plus 225 to finish top 10 and plus 40 to one. Uh, to win the race, I think those guys um, are are pretty um, good bets for a long shot. If you're looking at a, like a real long shot, Cole Custer, what? Who is forty to one? Does he have any affiliations to anybody we should know about with that name? <laughs> like general? Just asking the questions. So Cole Custer is a like rookie. Dirty money. Is a rookie. Uh, you can't bet a rookie. No, but you can bet a rookie to be top 10. And Cole Custer, top 10, plus 225. He rides for one of the biggest uh, racing teams in the in the sport, Stuart Haas Racing. Ooh. Big Haas Racing. Stuart Haas Racing. That's what it should be called. Has Clint Boyer, Eric Amarola, Kevin Harvick, very big guys. Say Areola. <laughs> Amarola. Oh. Ari- Tit to Areola ratio. But um, you've seen some bombs coming before at the Daytona 500. Um, but I think if you bet like a rookie on a big team, a top 10, not crazy. has four cars, not crazy. So Cole Custer plus 225, top 10. Another bet I'm looking at. But like I said, I'll throw some bets on socials. But Ryan Blaney is the odds cast pick to win the Daytona 500. Love it. Love it. Put that in right now. What? Ryan Blaney. Yeah. Right. Is it exciting though? They just drive around in a circle. It's so actually it's pretty, pretty boring. Exciting. It's it feels like f- background noise. It's you got to be there because like the crashes are crazy, um, and you just you don't ever know like who's gonna win. And I remember I think it was last year the last like seven or ten laps took like an hour and a half because there were so many crashes. I think there was like a back to back to back crash. So uh, pretty exciting actually. Thank so, God for the Hans device. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, R.I.P. Dale Earnhardt. So we're looking at, like I said, Ryan Blaney. We'll put the bets on the socials. Let's go to some of our favorite segments. RV tripping. Choo-choo. Vroom, vroom. We won last week in Kansas. Not a big deal. Vroom, vroom. We conquered the Koch brothers in betting Wichita State. Team over. Fuck them all to death. We won. So now, Corey, producer Corey, where are we going? Fire it up. Tripping? Again, this is the segment where we are betting all 50 states. We have done fairly well so far. I think we're over 500. I got to check the numbers on that, but I think we're, we're over, I think we're over 500. We should look at the map. Yeah. We're going to. 
We'll have it be cool to have a map. We're gonna consult. I've been sitting on it in the pi- in the co-pilot seat for like. We ran out of toilet days. paper and he used it to wipe his ass. <laughs> <laughs> but this is shits on the bus, man. Yeah, but he, this is where we bet every state randomly, and we're gonna go RV tripping from Kansas. Where are we going, producer Corey? Kentucky. Oh wow, that's close. Oh wow, they have horses there. <laughs> Home to the Kentucky Derby, obviously. Wow. And uh, Can't wait for the Kentucky Derby. Can't wait for horse racing again, oh, man. Can't wait to go back to Saratoga on like the one week Saratoga. that we're back, that we're in the area. <laughs> can't wait to throw in a pick five and lo- go four out of five classic. Let's just do like an absolute bomb of a pick five in uh, Vegas and see if we can pay for the whole thing. Oh, I'm definitely throwing in a pick five <laughs> in Vegas. Kentucky's a cool shaped state. It's yeah. also got a lot of really cool facts. Home to the Cumberland Gap. I feel also like has Kentucky- the most dick senator of all time. Fact. Kentucky kind of looks like an uneven plate of nachos from the side. What? Interesting. How do you look at a state from the side? Like if you looked at the, the no, Tilt like the computer, stack of nachos. Terry, go ahead. I can't. I don't see it. <laughs> All right. Let's get. Where's the capital? Frankfurt. He fucked me. He beat to it. Terry, yeah, okay. you goddamn excuses. In Frankfurt. Louisville's biggest city. Frankfurt's the capital. When I remember learning about the capitals, um, if we're talking about you know mottos or, or nicknames, I remember there was a kid Maurice Edwards who is now a college basketball coach for like a D two school. Shout out Maurice. He he was. We had these like little sticky notes we would say for the states. There was like the song we did, mm-hmm. and he would stand up every time and said, "Kentucky is the bluegrass state." It is. I it just is. checked it. It is. Maurice was correct. Shout out to Maurice. It seems Shout correct. Yeah. Oh wow, we get to drive through both Kansas cities. St. Louis, Louisville. Fra- we drive through Frankfurt, Lexington. We got a lot of stops to make. Yeah. Well, I'm giving away where we're going because I didn't tell you guys yet. I made it to mind. Where are we going? What do you mean? NCAA basketball game. Rivalry. <laughs> Kentucky's greatest rivalry. You can forget about Louisville, Kentucky. What is it? It's Moorhead State versus Eastern Kentucky. Oh, is that a new state? Uh, Moorhead State. No. no, I meant Eastern Kentucky. Oh, you no, know, it is not. Yeah, I knew that we just were discussing a new map. So. No, it's it's uh, it's not a new state. Okay, just wondering. But let's get the facts of Kentucky first. Sure thing. Over under thirty third state admitted. Under. Under. Dominic. What was it over? Thirty third state admitted. Under. Thirty-four. Wow! Damn! Wow! That's a, that was a good line. You put up a good line. Thank you. Wow, Thank that you. Was sharp. So, like you knew. Very sharp. The, the, the origin of the name's a bit uh, controversial because there's a lot of maybe it's this, maybe it's that. Uh, the most popular origin seems to be from the Iroquois, which I didn't even know the Iroquois went that far down south or west. Iroquois. Iroquois. Um, and it's from the word Kentaten, which means land of tomorrow. So it's actually the original Epcot. Oh, interesting. Suck I feel like all. that was very appropriately named. Yep. The original Epcot. No, that's... Nah, dude. Tomorrowland's in Magic Kingdom, you dumbass. I'm sorry I don't go there enough. <laughs> <laughs> Look at a fucking map. All right. Let's, get, let's hit the famous people. First, first and foremost, uh, the birthday boy, Abraham. Uh, Kentucky grew up in a log cabin. We all know the story. Thank Never you told for the, the day lie. off. Probably lying about that. What? That was George Washington. Yeah, whatever. Honest Abe. Abraham Lincoln cut down the cherry tree. Yeah. Honest yeah. Abe. George Washington couldn't tell a lie. I don't think George Washington could talk. I don't think either of them could tell lies. They were afraid of hell back then. Well, bad. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and then on the other side of the aisle, Jefferson Davis, also a Kentucky native. 
Oh, okay. So first, you know. first and only president of Southern America. <laughs> <laughs> Phil Sims. Oh wow! Really? Yeah, not bad. Casey Jones. Don't know who that is. I didn't either, but it's a. Con- it's basically he's a uh, locomotive engineer. Who the Grateful Dead named that song after? Now it all makes sense. Oh, oh, that song. Yeah, driving to train, That's high on yeah, cocaine. That, yeah, that yeah. One. yeah. It all makes sense now. I never get past the second line. Game. Uh, George Clooney. He's from Kentucky. He's from Kentucky. Wow. wow. So yeah. charm. He, you know, and he's into tequila. I never, you know, tequila. Johnny Depp. Oh, okay. Problematic, but apparently, uh, Diane the, Sawyer. Tom Sawyer. Diane. Oh, the Tom's news lady. Wife. Yeah. Anyone else? That's all I can find. Oh, uh, okay. Coolkidfacts.com. What, oh, is, wow. Was the, where was the original Kentucky Fried Chicken? I don't know, but I can tell you oh, that. Oh, yeah. You Kentucky, didn't say Colonel Sanders, did Yeah. He's not real. He's um, definitely real. Don't ruin he's this. He's fucking real. Okay. But they're actually claiming that they're the home of the first cheeseburger in 1934. Interesting. Very. Uh, what about McDonald's? That's California. Oh. Did like the first cheeseburger was the first cheeseburger like synonymous with the first burger? Or do you think that they made burgers before cheeseburgers? I couldn't tell you. That's a great question. Just like maybe a grilled. I think they came. They started together like a grilled cheese, and they put meat in it. Oh, and philosophers have been arguing about this since 1934. <laughs> I feel it's like very, that's, a, that's a melt. Where, so, so where do you where do you think the first dual Kentucky Fried Chicken slash Taco Bell was? Oh. Newark, wow. New Jersey. Uh, New boy, Mexico. Yeah. It just feels like that's where they would do it. I feel like Newark, like right by Newark Airport. Yeah. Newark Airport. We don't have enough space, but we need both pizza and fried chicken. Maybe it happened in Ohio, too. <laughs> so where are we betting? We're betting Moorhead State versus uh, Eastern Kentucky. So what is the bet? Huge rivalry. Huge rivalry. Moorhead State, Kenneth Reed went there. I feel like Moorhead State is like a great name for anything. It's like, yes. you know. I think that we should bet Moorhead State. Wow. Um, I was looking at the Ken Palm right here, and it seems that Moorhead State is a very good home team. Yeah, I agree. I'm looking at the same thing. I'm trying to find what their mascot, the Beaker. Oh. What is that? The Beaker. A Beaker is a scientific instrument usually used as a receptacle. Yes. Yeah. And there's like the huge, remember uh, in Breaking Bad when Walter White is saying how you need the Urban Meyer flask, not, flask the, yeah. not the beaker because they were cooking the meth wrong so you know it's, imp- it's important to know phil sims is from moorhead state oh so we, what no we got a bit more we state have to then. bet the moorheads yeah wow that's, what is it what's the line minus four i'm, I'm saying nine at my, uh, excuse me oh my god i can't talk yeah it's minus four dominic all right let's bet moorhead state minus four okay god shoot bless. you vroom vroom let's keep it rolling woo, woo. Skirt, skirt. Let's, let's get moorhead all right Two segments left, inclusive parlay. This is a bet where we or a segment where we bet each a um, different sport or a different league, and we put it all together and throw it in a parlay, and we win some money. Very excited. Any idea for plus on this yet? Uh, I'm doing my part. I, I think can't we're really like talk slightly down. But slightly it's down. We haven't won one because you guys suck. No, I think we did, but I don't remember when it was. All right, Terry, since you're so fucking confident, why don't you put out the first bet? Well, I know what your pick is, and I'm a gentleman and will not screw you over. Ah. So I will put out the first pick. This weekend in the golf world is the Genesis Open taking place at Riviera Country Club. 
Do you know what happened at Riviera? Uh, Twenty-eight, eighteen years? No, twenty-eight years ago. No. Wow, history buff you are. Well, a sixteen-year-old Tiger Woods made his debut, his his professional golfing debut at this golf course and uh-huh. what was then known as the Los Angeles Open. Now, twenty-eight years later. Uh, through some major victories, some surgeries, and some golf clubs to a windshield. He's back there, hmm. and he's looking to break Sam, C- Sam Sneed's uh, professional or PGA record for Sneed. wins. I saw that. They're tied at 82. Tiger Woods is going for 83. Tiger Woods has never won at Riviera uh, Country Club. Mm-hmm. So this is something that he needs to check off the list. Um, he needs and I just another conquest. Story down low storylines. I'll, I'll play the storyline. It would be quite fitting for him to break the record for PGA wins at the place where he started Jesus his Christ. first. What are the odds here? Are we okay? Actually gonna so beat are they like plus like twelve thousand? What I'm going to bet. I'll, I'm trying to win here, so I'm going to take on DraftKings Tiger Woods top thirty minus one eighty six. Okay, palpable. That's fair. That's fair. I thought we're, you were going to say to actually win. That no, was gonna be like, I'm not insane. All right. I'll bet that on my own. My, <laughs> my pick is going to be the Stanford Cardinal. No S. Good job. Minus three against Arizona State Sun Devils. Stanford likely looking at a 9-10 seed. Big chance to kind of go ahead here. Has been successful at home. Beat Oregon, who's going to be like a three or four or five seed. 70 to 60 last home game. Had a tough Utah and then at Colorado, you know. Rada. Terry Takes loves to talk about the uh, mountain air up there and how it's very tough to play back to back. On a back to back. They're coming home, and I think they're going to catch Arizona State. Uh, and I think that this is a pretty solid bet. So Stanford minus three, second leg of the inclusive parlay. Okay. Now I feel a little bit cucked because the way the basketball season is right now, we got games t- uh, tonight, but only two of them don't really love them. So uh, we're going to be switching it up. We're going to be tying up and lacing up our skates here. And uh, we're going to head down to Tampa, and we are going to take the Tampa Bay Lightning 60-minute line, minus 121. All right. Don, did you calculate the odds on that? Yes. It is plus 435. 35. I did it for you. Plus 435. So let's do it in your head. So that's Tiger Woods top 30. Yes. Stanford minus three. That is correct. And Tampa Bay Lightning... A 60 minute line. Yep. I love it. I, so. I might bet it. I, you know, <laughs> wow. I mean, you, I bet every inclusive parlay that we have. Yeah, me too. Definitely. Lock it in. Parlay? That's the one. Parlay. 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 Down to the depths, whatever mutton they thought of parlay. All right. So, pause and Rex to take us out on this episode 23. Who wants to start? Corey does. Producer Corey, do you have any recommendations sure. for the You've listeners? been awfully quiet over there. I have. Long day. Um, I'm going to recommend a YouTube show. It's a cooking show. 
Ooh. Uh, Maddie Matheson, hilarious chef. Sounds <laughs> like a porn star. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, uh, he's got the stash of a porn star, I'll tell you that. Oh, it's a man? He's a man, Maddie Matheson. <laughs> Uh, you know, he was of Viceland fame for a short while. He's also had some previous YouTube shows that were actually on television in Canada. They were very funny. Um, I got stuck on the couch at some point this weekend and probably watched like six of them. And then I actually cooked something. So I'm going to recommend the show. It's called Just a Dash. It's very funny. Uh, all the recipes are super simple. And I made steak for myself this week. And I've been nice. eating it for four days now. And You're I'm a real man. Of it. What kind of? Steak tips. Oh, wow. Just the tips. Just a nice. dash. Nice. Just a dash of the just, tips. Just a dash. Dashing. So cook uh, something. Uh, I'll go. I was in a bachelor. I was. Oh, let me start over. I'm tired. I was at a bachelor party in Nashville this weekend. Um, and I recommend uh, when you get started drinking, you need to hydrate and also, you know, get a little tipsy, you take some Gatorade Zeros and you put a little Tito's in there, sponsor us. You call it a little Tito-Raid. It bad. hydrates you and gets you drunk. I, feel like I, I mean, there's probably that. some sugar in there that's not great for you, but it makes you, it makes you feel good and gets you going. It's like a hydrating for loco. It's like an adult uh, pop-off in Gatorade. Yeah. It's not yeah, bad. exactly. Yeah. We should make something like that. I, I understand. With ele- an electrolyte. Alcoholic electrolyte drink. I can't talk today. I'm still got to alcoholic still. beverage for athletes. I also didn't know Nashville is an hour behind, so it must be the jet lag. Must be. <laughs> Joe. Um, I am going to make a recommendation on. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking point. Uh, <laughs> getting. Honestly, like I, I don't. I think I talked about this. Maybe I didn't talk about this. I got cryotherapy recently, and uh, not the kind like for like. Well, I, I got that, but like the one where you go in the chamber and they drop the whole chamber down to like minus like two hundred and fifty degrees. Um, it was quite the experience. Uh, it felt good. Um, it was you're only in there for like three to five. I think it was four minutes. Uh, I was in there. And uh, I felt uh, like it would alleviate some of the muscle stress that I had. It was nice. It was really nice. It would alleviate my penis. I would have a <laughs> vagina. That's, I was going to ask Joe if your balls out. descended yet. Uh, it took a little bit. I feel like I had to thaw out. Um, but uh-huh. it was like, you know, like, you know, like when you take a chicken cutlet out of the freezer uh-huh. and then you put it in the sink and you kind of let it like defrost. Uh-huh. That's what I felt like. You put you in a sink? <laughs> yeah. No, I hopped in the tub. All right. Apparently Joe's dick looks like a chicken cutlet. <laughs> Strange. Strange. <laughs> Dominic. Um, so I went to a Cold War Kids concert last weekend and or last week. Very, very uh, Webster Hall. It was a great concert. And I just say, go see some live music. We all enjoyed that concert. Yeah. Go, go see some live Go see some live music. Go to Nashville. See some live music. Just yeah. Live just support, music capital. Hop on a lime scooter. Just support live music. You know, you got big My Chemical Romance concert coming up, coming back to uh, the land where it all started, Newark, New Jersey. Uh, Rage Against Machine, Run the Jewels, just announced a concert. A lot of concerts to go to. Go Incubus. see something. Go see something. Go support see something. local artists. And that's it. See something, so, say something. I mean, something. you should support artists even if they're not local. But if they're in town, <laughs> yes. don't go see them on their turf. Make them come to you. Make them work for that fucking money. There you go. So that is episode 23. Leeches. Colorado plus four at Oregon tonight. <laughs> Sneaky pick. Ooh, throwing in some picks there. 
All right. Subscribe to all the socials. Get all of our picks. Rate and review. Rate and review. Rate and review. Subscribe. Unsubscribe. Subscribe again. Rate and review. Rate and review. Ozcast, episode 23. See you next week. We're going to have a giveaway. If you leave a comment and we like it and we read it, we're going to give you something. True. Big if. Herpes. True. (laughs) See you guys next week. Hello.